Right to be Read podcast, episode number 62. Interview with Heather Hart. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. I'm Annie Alexander, and before we start, I would like to remind you that the podcast is sponsored by the Author Marketing Institute. AMI wanted me to let you know that their next event for authors is coming up at the end of January. It's called Author Marketing Live, and it's a virtual conference. That means that you can attend from your home or office and see all the presentations via your computer or tablet. Grab a seat today to learn from bestsellers like Steve Scott, Jalcom, Louis Hose, and Peter Shankman and more. You can grab a ticket to the event for only $99 if you use the coupon code ANI during the checkout. ANI spelled A-N-I. That is $49 off the regular price. So just visit www.authormarketinglive.com to register and using the coupon code ANI save $49. Okay, now let's get to today's episode. I have an interview again this time. So today's guest is Heather Hart. She is an internationally best-selling and award-winning author, book lover, author coach at trainingauthors.com and owner of booklybooks.com. Her desire is to help other authors successfully publish and market their books while continuing to author, contribute to and market multiple book marketing and faith-based books herself and to have a fun doing it. So welcome to the show, Heather. I'm really happy that you took the time to come over. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> well, it seems like um, we we have similar activities because I'm working with authors too. And this podcast is mainly uh, to encourage, inspire and help authors um, or writers to become authors, let's say mainly. So um, let's uh, start with maybe the very beginning. How did you end up working with authors and how did you decide to do what you are doing now? Honestly, for me, I honestly just kind of fell into it. I, I had twins several years ago, and it prevented me from work, continuing to work at a regular full-time job. Uh-huh. So what I did was I started looking for things to do with my time. And I got involved in a ministry that was writing devotionals for teen girls. Mm. And they ended up, they, published that, they self-published that book through their ministry. And so I had a published book. I was a published author, and I really... Didn't even try, <laughs> I guess you should say. I, mean, I did put a lot of work into it. I did the writing. I did the formatting. I helped with editing. There was a lot of work that went into that, but it wasn't like I didn't set out to publish a book. It just, it happened. Mm-hmm. And then the owner of that ministry started a website for authors. And at that time, it was selfpublishingcoach.com. And she started asking me to help her with some of that stuff because we had already worked together. And so I started helping authors just because I was asked to. <laughs> and I learned a lot along the way. And we finally rebranded the website for both of us, which is now trainingauthors.com. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and since when are you doing this? Um, 2009. Okay. So, well, well, quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, uh, since you have a first-hand experience with writing, uh, with working with authors, what do you think uh, for the newbie writers? Which are the biggest struggles they they have? 
I really think that a lot of it is knowing what to do with your writing. You know, when you first, you finish your book, you can actually, in this day and age, you can write the last word, upload it to Amazon, and be a published author in less than 24 hours with zero money down. It's easy to do, but once you get it out there, it's not easy to sell. Yeah. And if you do it that quick, you're going to have a lot of mistakes made. You know, it's more more than about just writing. You can be a fabulous author and never sell a book. You have to know that quality matters. You know, the editing, the formatting, all those things really do go into selling more books. Yeah. If you want to get your message out there, it has to be done well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I have this feeling that most of the uh, authors are really impatient once it's written. They really want to have it out as fast as possible. And uh, very few realize that, you know, rushing in and not really finalizing the book before it's published may really cost a lot at the end. So what are the things that you that absolutely have to be done before it's uploaded on Amazon? Um, you absolutely have to have it edited. That is one of the biggest things that readers could tr- critique your book for is editing mistakes, simple little mistakes that even if you just reread it through by yourself, you would have caught. So at, at least self-editing and really you should pay to have somebody else edit it or have get some a second set of eyes on your book because people are going – writers never catch all of their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. It, it's just you read what you meant to write. <laughs> so, so getting that second set of eyes is really, really important. Traditionally published authors have like six editors that their books go through. Uh-huh. So, th- so indie authors need to understand that you can't ever do it all yourself. And then formatting is also important. The formatting of your book makes it easy on your eyes. It makes it easy for the reader to read. And poorly formatted books will actually hurt your eyes and make you put it down before you're finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other really important thing is the book cover design. A poorly designed book cover will ruin your sales before they ever come in. Yeah, exactly. Especially there are so many books out there. So it has to be catchy and it has to kind of, you know, pop up from, from yes, the scene. <laughs> and it has to look professional. There are so many book covers that look like, oh, my 12th grade or 12-year-old could have made that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's got to look like you actually cared about it, that it went through the traditional channels and that it looks like a quality book. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but I mean, you have to admit that sometimes uh, when you end up with a good quality book and you've done all the things you mentioned, still the book may not be selling because there are some other things that you haven't been doing enough or you haven't been doing at all. Uh, so what are like the follow-up things? Because I have a feeling that the book launch itself is not enough to keep up the book up there. Uh, you Absolutely. Know. I have to tell you, the first book that I ever published with that ministry was Teen Devotionals for Girls. And it was the first in a series of books. And it was published for over a year before we made any significant sales. Uh-huh. It just... We published it. We let it go. It was out there. And even though we had we had an author platform, we had a website, we had a strong social media presence, we had an email list with thousands of subscribers. Wow. My co-author did speaking engagement where she went and spoke about the book and promoted it that way. And we didn't have any sales worth speaking of. But about a year later, we stopped and we made a plan. We did some small changes. And that book is now an internationally best-selling book and an award-winning title. And it continues to be our top-selling book. 
Wow. I'm sure now everyone is curious and would like to know what kind of changes did you make? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we started off with some small changes. We did on our email list, we started adding in some some extra links to the book at the bottom of the emails. We started adding in some emails that talked about, by the way, you can get this book here, just specific emails about the book rather than just the one that we sent out when it first launched. You know, we added it as an autoresponder so that all of the new subscribers would get that email as well. Uh-huh. And each each of the emails in there had had a PS at the bottom, you know, you can get this book here. That alone, I think, made a huge difference. You know, we had those thousands of eyes, but we weren't utilizing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's pretty simple to do, actually. It, it is. <laughs> we just we had been thinking of the ministry aspect of it and not the marketing aspect. So you've got to make sure that you have yourself in a marketing mindset. You know, what's going to work well to sell your book? And a big part of that is knowing who your audience is and what will convince them that your book is worth reading. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another another mistake that I see authors made on the exact opposite of where I was at. They're, they're constantly out there telling people, you know, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. But readers don't want to hear buy my book. They, want you, they don't want you to tell them what to do. They want you to convince them why they need your book. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's, that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you, you also, you said you had a strong presence in social media as well. So did you utilize those channels? Absolutely. We added it to even just adding it to your Facebook profile as an accomplishment or a life. I don't remember what they call it now. They change it so often. Oh, yeah. Event, (laughs) life event, I guess. Yes, a life event. There you Mm. go. So (laughs) adding it as that. We started doing quotes from the book or review snippets that we shared online. We did a lot of quote photos that pointed to the book on Amazon or even on our website. We did a book bit trailer video about it. You know, we started utilizing that huge following that we had to let them know that there was that book available. Okay. But again, we did it in a way that they wanted to know more, not just, uh, hey, buy this. It was, uh, you know, this is a quote from this book. You know, this is, uh-huh. this is what you will learn by reading this book. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see. Well, you mentioned that you already had a, a big following uh, by the time you had published the book. And that's obviously not the case for many of us. So how did you actually build that following? Well, that following was actually in place before I started working with the ministry. However, I'm working on a different series now where I have been building my own following. So I do know that side of things. And a lot of it is networking with other people who already have a following and getting them to share to their following about you. You can do that through blog hops. You can do that through interviews or guest posts or whatever it is. But getting to know other people who are already in your niche and who already have a following can really be a great way to get yourself off of the ground. Okay, I see. And uh, since um, you you haven't written just one book, you have several, uh, what do you think, um, what's the key to the productivity and, you know, using your time of writing in a productive way? Do you have any specific things that help you out with that? I think the, the most helpful thing you can do is have a plan and set some goals. Like know what you're trying to achieve. If your main focus is writing, make sure that you have that hour or three set aside every day to get your writing done so that marketing tasks don't take over. Or if your main, your main project is to build your following, 
make sure that you don't spend all day writing and never work on building that following. You've got to have a a way to balance your time. Mm -hmm. And for me, writing out how much time I want to spend on each topic and just kind of time boxing my time and then scheduling out on my planner what I'm doing when has really helped me be more productive. Okay, and and you're still balancing it also with the family and the twins and everything else. <laughs> yes, I actually have four kids total, so it's not. Wow, <laughs> I don't have time to spare. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you you have to be really really organized to manage everything on time. Yes, <laughs> I can imagine. Okay, so um, and let let's talk about a bit um, about your long experience with working with. Uh, writers what are they expecting from you and what they are getting I mean what do you have you have online trainings and what's because very often why I'm asking is because very often people get overwhelmed with too much information and too many courses and options and different you know promises that self-publishing coaches make and uh, most of them are about making the writers number one Amazon best-selling authors etc etc so what's your approach? How are you approaching this? Well, our, our main goal is to teach authors how to do things themselves. And we do have several courses available on trainingauthors.com, but we don't pre- we present them in a way that you pick what's work best for you. Where are you at right now and what do you need? Mm-hmm. Our main focus right now is on teaching authors to create that book marketing plan, to be able to decide what your goals are and what you need to do to accomplish them and then organize your time in a way that you can get that done. Mm -hmm. So we've done that in two ways. You can get our free building a book marketing plan training by signing up for our newsletter or we just, at the end of last year, we launched a program called the Sell More Books 30-Day Challenge where we take authors step-by-step through the entire process from beginning to end from optimizing your book to having that plan in place to actually get it in front of readers' eyes. And I really think that's the best thing an author can do is to know what they're doing, have their goals, and know how they're going to accomplish them. Yeah, well, I think that's that's the best approach. I mean, I'm also advocate of, you know, teaching them how to do things because I think that if, if a person is a writer, it's not a one-time shot and it's not like a one book that he's going to write. So, you you know, it's it's much better that they learn things themselves and repeat and, and uh, polish and practice things with, with the time and with their next books rather than paying every time for someone to help them out with each uh, next book I guess yes it could save you billions (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, okay so um, what do you think I mean which are like the most important elements uh, in marketing that one should I mean if, if nothing else those two or three things absolutely have to be done um I really think the very most important thing is just taking the time to connect with your readers. You know, be active on social media and talk to them, engage with them. If they send you an email, take some time to respond to them. Let them know that you are a real person and that you do care. Because if they think that you're just out there to sell them a book, they're really not going to respond to that. They don't need somebody else that's just trying to get their money. They need somebody who's willing to help them, especially if you're a nonfiction author. 
But the same thing is true for fiction authors. If you want to sell to a reader continuously, you have to build a relationship with them. Just having them read your first book isn't enough to sell your second book. You have to build that relationship with them and get them to follow you online so that they know when you're publishing your next one. So they, 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 they care about you. They want to help support your work because they know who you are. It's all about being real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Well, it's um, it's easy to engage with your readers when they approach you or write you and you know, you know who you are. But how do you come to that stage when you get approached by the readers? How do you make them get engaged? You can do that through several ways. If you're a blogger and you do it on your blog, you could you know, leave questions at the end of your blog for them to respond to. You can ask questions on social media. Today I posted on social media that I had this interview and that opened up a whole dialogue with some of the people that I've been communicating with. And lots of them were other authors or editors or whatever they were. So asking questions is a great way to do it. And you can do that on Twitter, Facebook, through your email list, through your blog. And you can also seek them out, go to where they are and start talking to them. Mm -hmm. One way to meet people is through going to other blogs in your niche and starting conversations there. And then you can get to know the blog poster or the the person who has that blog. And then they might invite you to guest blog. And then you can get to know more readers through their site and point traffic back to your site. It's just a great way to do it. Okay. And it's, um, I mean, I presume, uh, at least, you know, my experience was that it's not really a shortcut and, and it takes time. So you have to be patient and persistent with this. It's not a one one day thing that you do it once and that it works as magic, right? No, it's an ongoing. If, as long as you want to continue selling books, you need to continue engaging with your readers. And it really does take time to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's so worth it because one reader relationship can spiral into two or five or 20 as they tell other people about you or post about your books on their own social medias. You know, building those relationships builds friends and fans, not just readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, you get a really deep and uh, important relationship with your readers, uh, which becomes the foundation with, uh, for everything you do later on, right? Absolutely. Okay, so, um, and what about, um, I don't know, I mean, there are many people, especially among nonfiction writers, who uh, advise to um, publish books as often as possible, and and work on a quantity of books and having a large portfolio. What's your approach about this? Um, Well, I do have quite a large portfolio of books myself, but my, my goal isn't to publish as many books as possible. I really think that you should work at a pace that works for you. You know, readers are avid readers. You know, you could pick up a, re- a book and read it in a day or two if you really want to. You know, if you have the time, you can absolutely do that. And writers cannot write that fast. It's impossible. I think the most important thing to do is publish quality books. You know, if you publish 100 books a year, but they're all short novellas or teeny tiny ebooks that haven't been edited or formatted and they don't they aren't really worth paying for you're not really going to win any fans you're not going to make any of those long lasting relationships or get those long lasting readers it's it's all about the quality you've got to make sure that you write books that people want to read and that will that will build your following and not alienate them okay so as long as you keep the quality i mean that's the frequency you should follow i presume yeah 
Yes. So if you can only write one book a year and have it be a quality book, that's all you should do. But if you can, if you have the time to write faster and edit faster and all those things that go into quality book, you can absolutely publish more than that. Mm -hmm. But you have to work at a speed that works for you. Okay. And what uh, I, I think that you have list of useful tools that authors can use. Uh, and and you recommend as well, which are like the, the most effective ones that you've been using as well? Um, well, I think we have a ton of tools on that <laughs> list at this point in time because there's so yeah. much that's I, helpful for authors. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm asking, like we, we, which ones would you kind of select as, as one of the top ones out of the long list you have? Well, I definitely think that having a website and email list are two of the most important things you can do. So to that end, we are, I use Bluehost for my own websites. They're a hosting company that's pretty affordable for authors. And then we use WordPress for our author or for the, for the website base. Yeah, same here. And, I, <laughs> I, and that's, it's really easy to use. I think it's the best option there is out there for authors if you don't want to pay a professional designer to control your website. And I do think that having control over your own website is a huge important thing for an author so you don't have to go back and pay somebody to update it every time you want to update your website yeah and then for emails for trainingauthors.com we use traffic wave and it's really affordable it's only like it's less than 20 dollars a month and then you can send out as many emails as you want to as many lists as you want and it's just it's been a huge lifesaver for our business for my other website that I'm just starting, I've actually switched to using Rapid Mailer. And it's instead of a monthly fee, it's a one time you pay for it and you have it. And then it sends out the emails via the WordPress site. So it's just kind of like a plugin that you add. Uh huh. And it's been great to not have to log into something else. However, whichever you do, having an email list is important. So I would recommend one of those two things. A member is good too. We used to use that, but it's a little bit more expensive as your email list grows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. And uh, what about, I mean, with email marketing, the the biggest challenge, I guess, is uh, getting higher open rates and, and and click rates as well and having people engaged with, with the messages you are sending out. Do you Did you find something that works really well for you in that respect? Um, I think part of it is having the right subject line in the in the email subject line. Having that as something engaging or something that makes them want to open it is huge. Mm-hmm. The other thing is just consistently delivering quality content that they want to read that's going to help them because they don't have time just to waste their time reading emails. You know, I've got a thousand unopened emails in my email inbox. I just don't have time to go through them all. But the ones that look like they come from people I trust or are quality information that I'm going to want to know about, those are the ones that we open first. Okay, so that also takes time to build this relationship and trust that you're talking about. So, uh, Yes, and really, well, really that trust is built within your first four or five emails. If the first four or five emails I get from you are spam, I'm not going to open anymore. That trust has already gone that fast. Mm-hmm. So you really make sure that the first email somebody gets from you are quality content that matters to them. 
Okay, and uh, I think I don't know if uh, if you would agree or not, but I think that authors are their own personal brands, and whatever yes. they do, it should be in consistency with their brand values and the way they want to be perceived, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, which are the components that kind of you know create this brand image for authors? Which are the things they should pay attention to and make sure that it's consistent with what they want to deliver as a brand image? I would say the first thing is your writing style. You know, do you come across as professional, like you're a teacher? At like at a college or something like a professor, do you come across as conversational? Are you humorous? You know, keep in mind the tone of your writing and just the way that you write and make sure that that's constantly consistent. If your goal is to encourage them, you should constantly be encouraging. If your goal is to make them laugh, you should constantly be trying to, to get that across. You know, stay consistent in the way, in your persona, I guess I would say. Okay, so and and that style should be kept in 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 all the means you are using, like in your emails to your readers, in, in your uh, tweets, and and everything you do. I guess you're right. Definitely, and it should be the same as what you've used in your book, if okay. at all possible. Okay, so which makes me think that most probably the easiest way is to be genuine and authentic in Absolutely. what you're doing, then you don't really have to go back and forth and recall what you are supposed to do and how. Yes. Yeah. Being genuine is always the best thing you can do. You know, my, I keep telling people to just be yourself because that's what the readers want to know anyway. Okay. And um, what about, I mean, based on your experience with working with writers, uh, in average, how long does it take to build sufficient level of, of audience and to have enough books in order to get to a certain level which is sufficient enough to kind of um, to overcome these writer's doubts and and overcome this feeling that you're aspiring writer or you know you're becoming a writer etc what what makes people kind of believe in themselves and be ready to tell that they are writers actually I honestly think that depends on the person because some people, as soon as they have that first book published, they are screaming to the world that they are an author. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But other people, they might have five books out and be going, I think I'm getting the hang of this. I might be ready to, to announce that I'm an author. I mean, for me, my first, was public, first book was published for years or at least over a year. And I was writing my second and had an idea for my third before I was even like, oh my goodness, I'm actually, I'm an author. Wow. When did that happen? You know, it kind of, it depends on who you are and how your mindset works. Okay. But I, I really think that the best way to encourage yourself as an author is once that first book is published, go through the positive reviews and see what other people are saying about you as an author, because that's been the most encouraging to me. You know, when people read my book and say, wow, this really helped me. I'm like, really? Wow. <laughs> Well, Maybe I yeah. do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing usually. I'm going through reviews for the books and and for this podcast as well, in order to kind of you know there the, when the doubts come over, I'm I'm kind of you know I'm saying okay, this is how I'm gonna fight you with. <laughs> I'm gonna read what listeners and readers say, and then go and move forward. Yes, we, when you when you really are helping people, or when you they really are enjoying your books, that's how you know that you're there. You know, even if just one person has said, wow, I really enjoyed that, you've done your job. Yeah. And you are an author. 
Yeah, I guess so. Yes. And uh, so what about, uh, let's say uh, we have someone who is working full time. He doesn't have really too much time to dedicate to writing. And he doesn't even have too much time to, you know, dig into all this information available on self-publishing, book marketing, etc., etc. So what should be like the most effective way to deal with this limited time for this type of person? Okay. Honestly, last year I was working full-time at trainingauthors.com, working on books for authors, building that platform, doing everything with that. And on the weekends, just in a few hours every weekend, I was able to put together my new website and write two books and outline three others and start building that following. So if you have a goal, you can accomplish it in whatever time frame you have available as long as you are passionate about it. Okay. So it- Really, in just, I think it was less than three hours every weekend is what I did, and it worked. And I, I haven't ha- built the following up quite where I need it to be yet, but I am working on that more this year. Mm-hmm. So I really think as long as you know what you're going to do and you have a picture of what you're going to do, you can do it. Okay, so no excuses there in terms of time. <laughs> not really. <laughs> you have to realize I wrote my first book when I was, my twins were not even a year old yet. And I wrote it sitting in their bedroom at nighttime so they wouldn't crawl out of their cribs. Yeah. I would sit in there and type on my computer and keep them in their, in their cribs. So you can do it. You can multitask. You can fit it into your schedule if it's something that you really want to do. Okay, so it's all about how bad you really want it. I think so. Yeah, well, I yeah, I agree, actually, because uh, I have listeners who who have a full-time job, who have families, who have other uh, obligations and who, who kind of, you know, wake up much earlier in order to squeeze in one hour for writing or there are some who write on lunchtime and there are some who write late at night before going to bed. So there's always a way and there are always uh, some times that you can really squeeze in. It's just about the desire and how, you know, how serious you are about this. Exactly. Okay. Well, um, before we wrap up, just, you know, if you had to give just one advice, which you think is the most important one for writers in general, not, not specifically, you know, about book marketing or anything else, just a writer, someone who writes books, what would that advice be? What is one thing that you think is the most important thing that they shouldn't forget? That even though you can make it to a published author or that no matter where you're at, you can always grow and improve. There's always something you can learn. There's always more that you can do. I guess that it's it's never finished. It's a journey. It's kind of like, I guess I would say it's a lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. Being an author is part of who you are and it's part of what you do. And if you want to publish your books or you want to write another book, You've got to dedicate some time to that. It's got to be part of you. And even after it's published, it's still part of you. It's almost like raising a child. You know, you go through that writing phase, which is the pregnancy phase, where it's literally (laughs) embedded into you. And then it's published and you've given birth to that book and you've still got to rear that book. You know, I have four children. They are in my life every single day. I'm doing something to help them learn and grow. And the same thing is true for our books. We have to be out there marketing them and investing time in them if we want them to succeed. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I truly uh, like this comparison. It, it, it's really, uh, I never thought of it like that. But now when I'm looking back, it, it, that's like, you know, you couldn't put it in a better and more exact words, I guess. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for uh, spending this time with us and sharing your expertise. Um, where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find me for, if you're looking for tools for authors, you can find me at trainingauthors.com. That's where I help work with Shelly Hits to help authors succeed. Or if you want to find out more about the books that I write, you can find me at paulandheatherhart.com. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I wish you lots of success with your books and with this difficult work you're doing with uh, authors. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that was it for today. A reminder once again, as I already told in the beginning, the Author Marketing Live is a virtual conference which will take place at the end of January. You can grab a ticket to the event for only $99 if you use the coupon code ANIANI during checkout. That's $49 off the regular ticket price. Just visit www.authormarketinglive.com to register. Well, it seems that this was everything for today. And uh, as always, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate every single one of you. Thanks a lot. You keep me moving forward and keep me motivated. Take care, keep on writing, and I'll meet you in the next episode.